Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. So I didn't know that it was Wikipedia Asian Month. I know, November is Wikipedia Asian Month, which means that's kind of why Sesame Street debuted its new Korean, Asian, American puppet, Muppet, on Sesame Street. Her name is Ji Young. So congratulations to Sesame Street. It's the first Asian American puppet Muppet on Sesame Street. Who knew? I mean, I did. I certainly didn't. And that's great that there is one. I don't care. Uh, that's great. I mean, she's a Korean American, has two passions, rocking out on her electric guitar and skateboarding. The TV program first aired 52 years ago this month. So congratulations to Ji Young and her puppeteer, Kathleen Kim, who ironically enough is a Korean American. Huh. Amazing that they would do that on Sesame Street. So anyway, Ji Young gave an, uh, an interview with Ernie as they were announcing what a great pair and what a great puppet Muppet she was going to be on Sesame Street. And she talked about her name, Ji Young. Actually, there's something really cool about my name. So in Korean, uh, traditionally, the two syllables, they each mean something different. And Ji means like... Uh, uh, smart or wise and young uh, oh. means like uh, brave or courageous or strong oh. yeah but we were looking it up and guess what what she also means sesame oh, oh about that. how about that how about that now sesame street of course wanted to meet the moment that coming from k wilson stallings the executive vice president of creative and production for sesame street workshop that's the nonprofit organization behind sesame street they established two task forces one to look at its content and another to look at its own diversity ha huh, we that's when they developed uh was coming together a multi-year initiative addressing how to talk to children about race and ethnicity and culture. That's just, I mean, that's great, right? I mean, they have outside experts and a cross-section of employees known as the Culture Trust who weigh in on every aspect of a new Muppet. Oh, that's great. It was critical for G Young not to be generically pan-Asian. <laughs> Nobody wanted that. No way. They wanted her to be a good Upstander. That's Sesame Street's first used the term on its The Power of We TV special last year. Are you an upstander? By being an upstander, that means you point out things that are wrong or something that someone does or says that is based on their negative attitude towards the person because of the color of their skin or the language they speak or where they're from. We want our audience to understand they can be upstanders. Oh, yes. I want to be an upstander, too. How cool is that? So now we can all be upstanders. And it's Wikipedia Asian Month. <laughs> what a day. What a day. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. So as long as it's 
Asian month uh, and we're celebrating, we might as well talk a little bit about uh, China. Uh, President Biden spoke face to face, you know, on Zoom with uh, President uh, Xi Jinping uh, yesterday for the first meeting between the leaders of the two largest economies and they glad handed and slapped each other on the back and said a couple of things that can be taken like they were being serious and we're taking things very serious but uh, we'll see how that works out because uh, President uh, Xi uh, has now I think he's the guy forever right he's uh, up there with Mao and he's going to be the leader until he dies so what could go wrong nothing <laughs> Fortnite. Uh, just shut down servers in China as they have been trying for a number of years now to get that up and running. Uh, and they had 10 million gamers in China pre-registered for the video game at one point. Uh, but then, uh, new, uh, without any final success, uh, China censorship and their deal was like, hey, no, we're not going to let you do that. And so Fortnite has shut down in China and uh tennis star uh Peng Shui. I think that's how you say I think it's Peng Shui. Is it Feng Shui? No, it's Peng Shui. Uh P-E-N-G S-H-U-A-I tennis star from China. She's uh you know part of the women's tennis association. She has been missing. Oh wait, what? Yeah. She said on China's Weibo platform, which is you know like Twitter, uh, that uh, one of the big Chinese power brokers had uh, forced her into sex and said they had an on and off relationship lasting for years. Wait, what? Can we find it anywhere? Oh, well, darn it. That post is uh, deleted. Gosh, darn it. Wow. And we're not able to verify the authenticity of the screenshots. Yeah. We don't know if it's true or not. What happened to her? I don't know. She's just missing. <laughs> we don't know what happened to her. Sure. We've got that whole hashtag. Where is Peng Shui thing working? But so what? And sure. The uh, Women's Tennis Association is finding the events concerning uh, great tennis players from America. Chris Everett said, uh, yeah, we're concerned. Uh, the situation is very disturbing. I've known Peng since she was 14. Yeah, well, good luck. Uh, she turned 35 uh, earlier this month, and uh, she is now missing. Now, maybe she ends up like, uh, what's his face? You know, the head of Alibaba Group, uh, Jack Ma. He uh, was missing there for a while, too, when he was just, uh, then he just re he showed up again. Oh, there he is, right there. Oh, you mean you lost a bunch of money and your company's not worth as much as it was and you're not saying bad stuff about the country anymore? Huh. Wonder what happened. I'm sure it was a nice little paid vacation. <laughs> I'm sure that's what's happening to uh, Peng. Is this, she's just, uh, you know, being a little re-educated. Uh, a little issue of saying, maybe perhaps this really didn't happen, did it? And you're not going to say anything more about it, are you? And then when she comes back, all is good with Peng. And we don't know if all is good with Kyle Rittenhouse yet. As of this recording, the jury is not back on the Rittenhouse trial. They were given the case yesterday. They were told that they have an obligation to render a fair verdict, not based on presumed opinions, news media, or comments from the president's. 
past or present. The time has come now where the great burden of reaching a just, fair, and conscientious decision in this case will be placed totally with you. All right, good. You will disregard the claims or opinions of any person, news media, or social networking site. You will pay no heed to the opinions of anyone, even the President of the United States or the President before him. The founders of our country gave you and you alone the power and the duty to decide this case. Yay. Okay. And then, uh, so uh, where are we at? Are you going to, you know, let the kid go or are we going to, you know, slap him on the wrist or what's going to happen? So we'll see. We'll find out. I, I see where the big headline was that uh, MSNBC skips Kyle Rittenhouse defense's closing arguments after airing prosecutors case to jury. So they don't have to. They don't have to carry the whole thing. And their audience could give a flying crap about what the defense's closing argument was. So, I mean, that's just a programming call on MSNBC's part. Although it's, you know, it would be nice of them to air something like that. But I'm sure that What's Your Face made the call. Rachel Maddow. And she decided that they didn't need to air it. I mean, she's the one in charge over there, right? Certainly isn't Brian Williams. Although my man Lester Holt is in charge of the news so it might have been his call too but it's a programming call so i mean oh well you know as long as we're celebrating today we may as well celebrate it's been 20 years since the release of the film harry potter and the sorcerer's stone yay congratulations to jk rowling and her magical world of harry potter i mean 20 years and then they, and I read, I was reading a story about the studios where they created all this stuff. And that's been 21 years, right? I mean, they came to be before the movie because the books were already a huge hit. And then uh, when they wanted to shoot the film, they wanted to make the magic look real, right? They wanted to make, uh, make it look real as you have people flying around on broomsticks playing a game and, and CGI most definitely wasn't what it is now then uh but the movies went on to gross 7.8 billion dollars and a third installment in the fantastic beasts film series is coming i mean just amazing man this uh, and they're in a disney and i mean just it's a huge affair jk rowling incredible anyway congratulations to harry potter for 20 years of movie magic. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. Oh, man. So good. Just a few days left before I shave my head. Those of you who have donated to hashtag shave head save human, thank you so much. I appreciate it. We've reached our goal. My original goal was $6,000. We're over that. To all of you that have already donated, thank you so much. You can continue to donate, please, to my fundraiser for our rescue as they help uh, slaves, human slaves, many of them sex slaves, who have been rescued, and they get them back into, you know, a real life. And uh, they help them with legal documents and medical and food, water, lodging, transportation, training. And for each survivor, it takes about $6,000 a year. And I wanted to at least pay for one survivor 
for a fundraiser to shave my head. Reaching that goal, I will shave my head. And I'm going to do that this Friday. If you're listening live, it's the 16th of November 2021. Friday is the 19th. And that afternoon, I'm going to do it live on my Instagram, Jeff Fisher Radio, and Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio pages. We're going to do that. And uh, my daughter, uh, she asked if she could shave my head. I'm not quite sure that's a good thing or a bad thing, but what are you going to say? No. <laughs> so she will be the one shaving my head. I can't wait for that. But you can uh, donate by clicking on the link in my bio on Twitter at JeffyJFR and Instagram and Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio. You can go to ourrescue.org and you know find the... A page there. All you have to do is go to the donate tab and then go to the fundraisers tab and then scroll down. The easiest way is just to go to my bio and click on the link. It'll take you right there to the Jeffy fundraiser page for Our Rescue. They do such great work. You know what? Go to their website anyway, ourrescue.org and search around and look at what great work they do. Um, just really incredible work. And we've talked to Tim Ballard many times on this show and on this network and, uh, and this that he just does a uh, wonderful work. So anyway, thank you so much for donating and continuing to donate to my fundraiser. Uh, I really appreciate it. Now in our, uh, I didn't get to uh, who died today. <laughs> who died today? Who died today? Well, she didn't, she didn't really, die she almost died katie seagal the actress so i i think we talked about it when it first happened but she got hit by a car i know she's just walking around la (laughs) boom gets hit by a car gets clipped by a tesla it was about a month or so ago and uh she she went to got taken to the hospital I, i don't know how bad it was but they made it seem like it was really bad. Now the guy got out of the car and attended to her and they called an ambulance and they took her to the hospital. The police didn't cite or arrest the driver at the time. So she was probably jaywalking, uh, you know, and so cutting across the street, maybe not in a crosswalk. And that was, you know, could be her, her point. So it was just an accident. And uh, there's a picture of her coming out of some doctor's appointments, a medical facility, and she's on crutches. So she's still, uh, she's on the mend. Uh, so she didn't die in our who died today segment. But I will say what really pisses me off about this is obviously it's in California and you're supposed to wear a mask no matter where you go. And almost anywhere now, any medical building, you have to wear a mask, but she's coming out of this medical building and she has a mask on and it's, you know, it's tight around her face, but below her nose. That's not the way it's done, hon. Okay. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Just saying, maybe you ought to take a couple of lessons. Not sure. Maybe you got banged up a little bit more than you thought when you got hit by the car. Okay. All right. Let's go. Somebody, somebody reach out to Katie and let her know that she's wearing it wrong. I'm sure she cares what I have to say. Did you watch the Adele special on Sunday? I know I recorded it. I haven't watched it yet. I'm so bummed. It was a two hour special with uh, Oprah and I wanted to, I, I haven't, I haven't recorded. I just haven't got to it yet. Don't badmouth me. I'll get to it and we'll talk about it after I watch it. But come to find out that, um, she is, uh, going to be making some cash from this uh, interview. Oh, really? Yeah. Big surprise. It's like a hundred million dollar payout. <laughs> I mean, Oprah, I need some money desperately. So maybe you could do an interview with me. What do you think? Oprah and chewing the fat. 
special. I'm just as big as Adele, right? <laughs> of course, of course I am. Oh man. So I guess she doesn't get, she didn't get paid for the interview so they can say that it was free and it's just part of Oprah's interview deal. But, uh, she did, she sang through it. She sang some songs and it was produced by James Corden's company, full well 73. And so he gets a cut and I guess with the music and the syndication that it's going to be that, you know, airing around the world, that equals uh, hundreds of millions of dollars. Now, CBS say they paid Oprah, I guess, uh, five to seven million to debut Adele, the two hour special. But, and then they're going to air five days uh, before her, her new album releases. Uh, I guess this week, right? Uh, her fourth album. Yeah. Um, wow. New album. And so this gets aired and then it's produced for ITV. Anyway, it was at her, you know, Oprah's Montecito home. She does these interviews. She doesn't want to leave the neighborhood. <laughs> the last time when she entered, when, when the, uh, Megan and Harry, it wasn't at Oprah's house or Megan and Harry's house, but it, uh, it was at what's his face's house, right? Um, you know, Rob Lowe, it was at Rob Lowe's place. Well, then that's what I thought we had heard, but now we hear that it was at Gail King's Montecito house. So I guess Oprah has another place and Harry and Megan, we saw Harry and Megan's place. So they've all got their nice Montecito homes. <laughs> and we know where Operation Varsity Blues, they're, they've got a place out at Montecito too, right? Lori and Mossimo, they've got a place out there and they're in trouble. Uh, they are in crisis. Wait, how can I do this without, <laughs> without my music? I mean, we're talking about Lori and Mossimo and Operation Varsity Blues. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're in trouble. I know. Cannon. Oh, oh. Cannon. Tonight's episode. Country blues. So, Lori and most of them are in big trouble, I guess. They're struggling. Their marriage is on the rocks, according to all reports. Uh, they remain on probation. I mean, they're criminals. They're criminals is what they are. But they've got, they're dealing with a lot of issues right now. And Lori's trying to make a career comeback when, when calls the heart is going to appear in a spinoff when hope calls and most of all is very lost now. And he just doesn't know what's going on. He's been withdrawn. He doesn't want to socialize and it's made him hard for him and Lori to connect. And they're hopeful that this vacation, they just went on a vacation down in Mexico and they went on another vacation. Well, the vacation in Mexico was for a friend's wedding. And then they went someplace else to, they have to get the okay from the judge. Ugh. And uh, so they're going through hard times. And I mean, bless their hearts. I hope it all works out. It's too bad that something like this, uh, you know, makes them struggle. Uh, like, you know, because of the college scandal. But I guess, you know, Lori's all, she's done with it. 
Okay. She's, she's done her time. She's completed her probation. She's done her community service. She's paid all the court fines. She's even arranged, uh, college payments for two students for four years of college. She still works with, uh, she's still working with the project angel food after completing her community service. And she wants to just move on and not constantly judged by the public. And most of them is just not having any part of it. So we'll see what happens as fallout from operation varsity blues continues. <laughs> Might have to play it all. Hannah. Nah, that's all right. I don't want to hear the whole intro. Thanks, though. Starring William Conrad. <laughs> all right, where was I? Oh, yeah, Adele. Anyway, she's going to make a bunch of cash. And as soon as I watch the special, I'll uh, I'll let you know. Sundays are tough. I recorded them, but I mean, I got Walking Dead. I got Fear the Walking Dead. I got World Beyond, which then we do, you know, I got a podcast to record on Mondays with Jason Buttrell and my son Maximus. So you can listen to that as well. That's under the Chewing the Fat headline under Talking Walking Dead. You can listen or not. It's fine. And uh, I just do it because it's fun and we love the shows. And then we've got uh, Yellowstone. On Sunday nights, I got to catch up on that. With the new season, has been really good. We got Succession on Sunday nights on HBO Max, which has been really good. And Paramount Plus is knocking it out. I mean, they have uh, Mayor of Kingstown on now that's on Paramount Plus, but they just aired the special preview the other night. And uh, so, I mean, there's stuff to watch. Okay, I've got a lot of shows to watch. So I'm just, I'll get to Adele, okay? Back off me. Remember, now is the time to become a member of the blazetv.com family. Uh, you can always go to blazetv.com slash Jeffy, J-E-F-F-Y, and use the promo code Jeffy. That'll get you 10 bucks off, I think, right now. But if you wanted to get 25 off, you can use the promo code Fauci Lied. Right? I know. Why didn't they? I mean, well, it's just for anybody. You could just use that Fauci line. Uh, Glenn has a big special coming up on, uh, well, tomorrow, the 17th of November. And you'll be able to watch the whole thing on Blaze TV. It's going to be released on YouTube and Facebook and all the other social media accounts. But I doubt very much that it will all be up there, if any, after it first airs. Uh, even if they don't, you know slow it down uh, while it's airing. So the only way that you can be able to see the whole special, it's two hours uh, uninterrupted on, uh, you know, the COVID-19 and the history of the future and what it means and what happened. And it's just, uh, you know, the truth, the truth, which is what we tried to do here at the blaze, the truth. And so you can go to blazetv.com slash Jeffy, use the promo code Jeffy, or if you want to save a little bit more money, use the promo code Fauci Lied. But by subscribing to Blaze TV, that helps keep this show free. And my gosh, we're all about that, aren't we? <laughs> yes, we are. Hey, and now is the time that uh, you can start doing some Christmas shopping at shop.blazemedia.com. I know, shop.blazemedia.com. You can use the promo code Jeffy20 and get 20% off. You're welcome. 
I know. I mean, what? I don't know what more I can do for you. I've given you a way to save money on Blaze TV. Now I'm giving you a way to save money on, at our shop to buy some Christmas presents for you or your family. Uh, you know, what can I say? You're welcome. Now, you know, I am very happy that the International Alliance and Theatrical Stage employees voted to ratify a new three-year agreement, ending the threat of the first national strike in the union's history. Good. Let's keep those shows moving. Let's go. I want the content, okay? Kind of a weird little story, though. The vote, they say, was unusually close. 256 delegates voting yes on the basic agreement and 188 voting no on the area standards agreement, which covers 23 locals around the country. The vote was even closer, 103 to 94. A majority of the delegates was needed to reach the agreement to be ratified. But on the basic agreement, which covers the 13 West Coast locals of the IATSE, uh, more members actually voted against the deal than for it. 50.4% voting no, 49.6% voting Yes, but the outcome was determined by the delegate vote, an electoral college-style system. I I hate that kind of system. I thought this was a democracy. Anyway, eight of the 13 locals voted in favor of the contract, including the Art Directors Guild and the Motion Picture Editors Guild. Five locals, including the largest International Cinematographers Guild, Local 600, voted no. Wow. On the area standards of agreement, 52% of the members voted yes, 48% voted no, 14 of the ASA locals voted to ratify, and 9 voted to voted no. 72% showed up, which I guess is a high turnout for the uh, 63,000 eligible members casting ballots, which uh, is about double the turnout from the last ratification vote. Wow. So, uh, you know, some people were, were caring about this. So the new contract provides... 54-hour weekend rest period, as well as 10 hours off between shifts for all workers on all types of productions. The deal also provides $370 million to shore up the pension and health funds, 3% annual raise, and significant pay hikes for the lowest paid workers in the union, including script coordinators, writers, writers assistants, who will see their minimum rates rise to 26 an hour by the third year of the agreement. Uh, Bob Warner, uh, a set painter in Local 729, who voted yes, uh, thinks it's a pretty good contract. Seems like, uh, from when I talked to the people negotiating, it's the best we could do without going on strike. In any negotiation, nobody gets 100% of what they want. I'd say overall, the gains are pretty solid. Ooh, but many members are not happy about that. Uh, they The new agreement increases meal penalties once productions go past eight hours without a break, but the penalties for going past six hours remain unchanged. The deal also does not include new streaming residuals. I thought that was the part of the deal. I thought that's what they were doing this for was the streaming residuals. Wow. For the pension and health plan, which members also saw as a weakness. Yeah, if that's for the... Okay, so they're not getting the residuals in the pension plan. Uh, the new agreement go into effect... And the membership will have to wait until the next round for 2024 for wage increases to be, uh, will be retroactive. Wow, I thought that was part of the deal was the streaming money. What is going on? Who is negotiating this? Who's working for who? I mean, I'm glad the content is going to be, you know, continue working and we're not going to strike and stop the productions that are already going. But wow, I mean, they were more concerned about the working conditions on set. That's because of the shooting. 
I mean, that was so ever present on everyone's mind for the working conditions on the set instead of, uh, you know, really what's important is getting some of that streaming residual money. Okay, guys, you need to find some people that are going to negotiate for you. Man, I am not a member in any shape or form of the old IATSE, but I know Matt Laub, the president of the IATSE uh, bargaining committee and board, uh, was all happy about their, about their deal. But okay, all right. I thought everybody wanted a piece of the streaming money, but apparently not. I would love to talk to someone who has a little bit of inside knowledge of what's going on. Because it would seem to me that they had the studios uh, by the old short hairs. Uh, they were forcing, they were, that was their bargaining chip, was the strike. And to stop the production. And to shut down. And make these, make, make it count. But no, I, I would, I mean, come on. I would love to see exactly what they ended up with and what they should have gotten. Um, you know, I, I get the, well, you can't get everything you, you expect, but you should be able to get something and to not walk out of this deal this time with new streaming money. Uh, that's an issue, a big time issue. I'd be pissed. No wonder they all, you know, the, uh, the majority voted no, but with the, uh, you know, the delegate process, I get, I get, I get the point. I get the idea, but it just doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, the whole streaming money was supposed to be the reason we were pulling the plug on this. If you know somebody that is aware of what's happening on the inside of the IATSE, um, you know, I would love to talk to them. You can email me chewing the fat at the blaze.com. You can direct message me on Twitter. Uh, at Jeffy JFR, you can direct message me, you know, on Instagram and or Facebook, Jeff Fisher radio. Love to talk to someone who knows a little bit of the inside of this, because that seems like, I mean, your bargaining chip was the strike to shut down these productions and okay. All right. If that's what you want, no problem. I mean, I'm happy to get direct messages about anything. I would love to be direct messaged about this, but, uh, you know, if you want to send me a direct message, like this particular direct message I got the other day, uh, saying that as we checked out of the hotel room this morning, I heard a dog barking in a nearby room. I felt your presence over my shoulder as I thought about shouting. That's not what doggy style means, (laughs) ma'am. Now that's very funny. And I'm laughing. I'm laughing out loud. I'm laughing, uh, inside. I'm laughing uh, any way you can laugh. But I will say I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed that you didn't actually shout it out. That's very disappointing to me. Uh, You made me laugh, and it's funny. And you're right. (laughs) But I think it is. I mean, when you think about it, maybe that is what doggy style actually is. Remember in uh, the documentary Coming to America, when she's hopping on one foot barking, and dad comes into the room. Ah, I see you're getting to know one another. Maybe that's what doggy style is. All right. In our new uh, segment, uh, taking your pants off in public. <laughs> 
I don't know that it's actually a segment, but I will say that this is this story makes me want to not like police officers. And I do. I like police officers. So there's a guy in England, uh, Daryl Meekham, who hit the headlines after footage showed him being wrestled to the ground by six officers. Wait, what? Yeah. So apparently he mooned a speed camera uh, in uh, Kidderminster, which I, I guess is a suburb of some great United Kingdom place. If you're from Kidderminster, I'm sure it's beautiful this time of year. So the 55-year-old said that it was on his bucket list to show his backside to a speed camera. But a police officer witnessed it didn't think it was funny and reported him for indecent exposure that I get. Okay. So that's fine. I get that. But to tackle him and arrest him for that act, please stop, please stop. So now there's a new, he's happy. Banksy uh, created a wall art just for him. And it shows police officers with uh, their billy clubs and their shields and bart simpson with his pants pulled down (laughs) and he's thanking bansky he's terminally ill i mean the guy is six he's got his bucket list that he's trying to do he thanked bansky on his facebook post he's posted a picture of himself next to the mural uh it was uh he said that i've written a list of things i want to do before i die I was diagnosed with multiple system, multiple system atrophy, which is a terminal condition with which affects the nervous system. He also has Parkinson's disease and kidney failure. The guy is in trouble. It's sad. So he dropped his trousers at the mobile speed camera on, uh, on Starridge road in Kidderminster. It's right there. I mean, you know where it's at star Starbridge road in Kidderminster. Oh, while his wife went to buy some bread from the supermarket, he was arrested, taken into custody. Now he's been released and he's, you know, the investigation on suspicion of indecent exposure and dangerous driving. I would also like to see exactly how he mooned the camera, but you know, give right him a ticket, but do you tackle him and arrest the guy for that? No, that makes me not like police officers very much. Stop it. So he also has bungee jump and parachuting on his bucket list. And he's reported the incident to the independent office for police conduct. And he was hoping that he was satisfied. And of course the police superintendent said that I'm satisfied with that appropriate action was taken by our officers. Are you, are you West Mercia police superintendent, Mark Colquitone? Are you Okay. No problem. That's what needs to happen. Hey, there's a there's a, a an elderly man. He's fifth elderly. He's fifty five. It's not elderly. There's a, there's an older gentleman, a middle aged man, who looks to be, I don't know, not real mobile, and he dropped his pants and mooned the camera. So let's tackle and arrest him. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. And my favorite story, I think, of the day. It could be the week. This could be favorite story of the week. So a lead singer has (laughs) uh, the cover band uh, Brass Against. That's the name of the band. The cover band Brass Against is under fire for urinating on a fan's face during their set at a music festival 
Thursday evening. Now, the, the festival was at Daytona International Speedway in Florida. And I don't know if you've ever been to, uh, you know, racetracks for concerts, but fun. Fun is had by all at these racetrack concerts. So this is, uh, I, there used to be one I used to go to all the, all the time in uh, Ohio when I lived in Michigan. Ugh, the Toledo Speedway Jam, I believe it was called. But uh, anyway, so they're at uh, Rock Rockville. It's a Daytona International Speedway in Florida where she told the crowd she needed a bathroom break. I got to pee. I can't make it to the bathroom, Arista announced. And uh, so she, during the rendition of Wake Up by Rage Against the Machine, the rock star brought a male fan on stage before beginning her antics. And there's a, there's a video of it. It is awesome. I mean, it is that that's what's supposed to happen at rock concerts. Okay. So no, I don't want to be the guy being urinated on, but if you're there and you want to be the guy to have Eurista urinate on you on stage, <laughs> Get my man with the can on his head ready because we're going to bring him on stage and I'm going to in this mouth. And she crouched over the man's face and took care of business. It's awesome video. I love it. And then he, uh, she yelled at him and kicked him off stage because get him the F out of here. We're done. So I guess, you know, because she was, it was just part of the act, right? And he, he, he takes it and then he's, wipes it and you know waves it toward the crowd and then they're going to get rid of them okay so that's it right i mean that's part of the deal you're done move on uh no that's not it uh no we have to apologize what you're a band covering rage against the machine your name is brass against but we had a great time last night and welcome to rockville sophia got carried away That's not something the rest of us expected, and it's not something you'll see again at our shows. Thanks for bringing it last night, Daytona. Wait, what? Don't do that. At Brass Against? Stop it. Don't apologize for that. That brings the crowd in. Are you kidding me? That's, stop. I mean, you can say, hey, uh, we don't expect to maybe see that again, but you never know. I mean, Eurista might call you up on stage. <laughs> no, I don't want her peeing on me. No, I don't. As a matter of fact, I don't care if she does pees on somebody on the stage. I mean, it's gross, I know, but so what? That's part of the show. I mean, come on now. Over the years, we've got rock bands now apologizing for their acts. No. What happened to good... I mean, people are beating up Eric Clapton for doing songs against the man. That's what it's supposed to be. I will. I saw the Divinals once. Uh, I've been a big fan of the Divinals and Christina Amphlett, who's passed away now. She was their lead singer. But in that, one of the shows I saw her at was in, uh, where the heck were we? We were in some dump in Detroit. And uh, we were up front and Christina, <laughs> she poured a bunch, she, she threw beer on us and she was spitting on us. So what? That's part of the deal. That was the fun. Right? Right. <laughs> okay. And we, we did get some good news. Uh, and at least for me, 
Uh, I've been asking for drone deliveries in this neck of the woods, DFW. We're a hub. We need drone deliveries. Now, I've joked around about it being Amazon, but apparently Alphabet, the Alphabet Inc. drone delivery operation, is going to start uh, making deliveries from a Walgreens in suburban Dallas. Yes. All right. So it isn't right close to where I live. It's in a city called Frisco and a little Elm, but drones are going to be buzzing over there, dropping stuff off from a Walgreens. So you'd be able to get your prescriptions or toothpaste or whatever, man, do I want that? I want that. I want to, yes, I'd like to have and have it drop in the backyard. And this goes back to my house designs where we're going to design, you know, drone drop-off shoots on the roof. So they just fly by and drop it off and you hear it whoosh, drop into the house. I like it a lot. So Wing, Amazon Inks, Prime Air, United Parcel Service, and numerous other companies are all attempting to create new commercial model in which goods can be dropped at customers' homes minutes after the order. So when Wing's expansion into Dallas-Fort Worth is one of the most ambitious attempts. Yes, let's make that happen. So they're, they're all struggling because the FAA has approved some test operations. And we've talked about the uh, delivery service in Virginia, but they're still developing, you know, regulations and safety standards to oversee all these flights. Uh, call me. All right. Just call me, email me, chewing the fat at the blaze.com. And, you know, I'll, I'm happy to sit on your board and we'll work out the details. Okay. Please. I didn't realize, though, which uh, I'm really bummed about this. And I'm going to go over and take a look at this place. Uh, not far from here is something called Mobility Innovation Zone. I know. And it's in Alliance, which is like right here in Fort Worth where I live. It's called uh, Mobility Innovation Zone. It's a one-of-a-kind infrastructure in North Texas, and it offers mobility visionaries full access to an unparalleled testing ecosystem. Resources and partnerships essential to comprehensively test, scale, and commercialize your technologies. Innovation and transportation begin here. So they've got integrated multimodal platforms, uh, public-private ecosystems, uh, they're leading in the capabilities and services area. They're testing auto uh, autonomous trucking. They're testing uh, different drone deliveries. Um, I am excited about this, the Mobility Innovation Zone. And I will let you know what's happening uh, over there. I mean, they're talking about uh, 1.6 trillion freight market within the U.S., 17.7 billion in passenger market by 2040 in the electric vehicle transportation, especially, uh, you know, driverless autonomous vehicles. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm excited. And this is really a cool thing. And it's right here, the Alliance, Texas. I mean, it's right. It's like the, I'm right there. I'm right there. I just want you to know. I mean, when you hear, if you're listening to this broadcast and I'm recording in the Chewing the Fat studios, if you hear an airplane fly over, that airplane is landing at Alliance not DFW. I mean, it's a big area. So the mobility innovation zone at Alliance is something that I'm going to be looking into. And we're getting closer and closer now to drone deliveries from all these companies. And I think that's part of the FAA's problem, right? Who do you allow in? Do, does, do all these companies get to <laughs> deliver goods? 
<laughs> we have like 10,000 drones flying around from 10,000 different stores. Probably not. Probably you're going to have, uh, you know, Alphabet Inc. will have a deal with Walgreens. Amazon will be their own. And you're going to be able to have so many per market, per market size. So each, you know, each franchise will have their own. Walmart will have their own. Walgreens would have their own. CVS may have to partner up with Walmart or Walgreens. It's going to be a big deal. It's going to be a huge deal. And it's going to be a lot of money to be made. Just some ideas thrown out there for you. I don't, I, I don't have any way to make a lot of money, but you might, you might. So good luck with that. I hope, I hope you make it. And remember, uh, I want to leave you with the quote of the day today. Because my, I, I was reading, a, uh, I forget what I was reading, but it, it had the quote of the day from W.C. Handy. And you think to yourself, oh, W.C. Handy, are you talking about William Christopher Handy, the composer and musician who referred to himself as the father of the blues, one of the most influential songwriters in the United States? Yes, that W.C. Handy. His quote is, life is like a trumpet. If you don't put anything into it, you don't get anything out. Think about it. and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.